You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to the Nintendo Club Podcast. This is our uh, weekly show uh, with me and Aaron. Uh, this week we'll be discussing our favorite games. And we, we uh, kind of said top ten, but this is just generic, or our top games, the ones that... We, when we're in a bad mood, we'll just grab one of these games and everything will be all right in the world. So, welcome, Aaron. How's it going? Hey, Tim. Pretty good. I've been looking forward to this episode, so I'm pretty excited. It should be a fun, open-ended kind of discussion on, you know, what what are our favorite games? And everyone has their different favorites. And for me, um, I've got some shooters. I've got some platformers. I've got some Pokemon catching. I got everything. So. <laughs> Uh, let's yeah. start off with with your uh, one of yours, one of yours in your top whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I'm gonna. I think I'll start off with some like ones that didn't actually make my list, but, okay. but pretty close. So just really quickly run through these. One of them, uh, Power Blade. So in like an earlier episode, I think one of our first episodes, I talked about this, and this game's for the uh, Nintendo. And uh, I just really love this game. And there's really nothing that's that special about this game. It's just I enjoyed playing it when I was a kid. And basically, you're just this character, and you have a, a kind of like a boomerang. And you just go through these these levels. It's kind of like a platformer, and you just go through. And you can upgrade your your uh, your weapon along the way and get certain power-ups. Is it ups. similar to Contra in any way? Yeah. Yeah, it is very similar, actually. Um, except that you use a boomerang. So... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Very very similar in style as well. So I'm looking over a list. Is it sad that none of them are from the <laughs> NES era? Uh, well, I have a couple from the NES, but you do. I'm looking at my list yeah. like, so I was, and I was at screen the list. I was kind of conscious. It was like, I love Super Mario Brothers three, but hmm, I, I don't feel like that I should be putting on multiple Mario games. I think Galaxy two. <laughs> You know, so yeah, uh, maybe yeah. at one point we'll do our favorite NES games because yeah. I don't have any on my list. I've an SNES game, but uh, yeah, what, what are your other notable uh, mentions here? Yeah, um, then I have uh, Bait and Kaidos for the GameCube. Um, this game, from what I understand, is pretty rare. Well, um, because um, it didn't really sell that that many copies, it was a little bit hard to hard to find. Uh, but basically, it is just this. Uh, Card style battle game it came with two discs. Um, I love the game two discs <laughs> yeah. thing because like some were too big and part one, part two. Yeah, um, I it, guess the memory card allows them to do that, right? To yeah, yeah. I guess today you could do it technically because it's on board memory. But anyway, um, this game looked awesome. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, it was basically this uh, card style battle RPG. Um, you didn't actually fight yourself, but you would gain kind of like a deck of cards and you could sort them in the way you wanted to kind of like Pokemon cards, except that, uh, you would fight with these cards. So as you called them up, then they would summon different creature or whatever to fight for you. Um, and even on the back of the case, it says it's possibly the most beautiful GameCube title ever made. So it's, it's a pretty awesome game. I recommend it. Prettier than Wind Waker. What <laughs> pretty? Uh, than I, I would disagree, but it, <laughs> it it really does show the the capabilities of the yeah. system. No, that sounds cool. Uh, it always baffles me the card games that are made for video games. It seems an odd thing to do, but I understand they they can work out quite well if they're done right. Yeah, and then my final one that didn't make the list, but really close runner up, Castlevania uh, Circle of the Moon. So this game's for the Game Boy Advance, and. Uh, this game is just really fun. What I enjoy about Castlevania games, yeah, um, <laughs> you got my Game Boy Advance in a couple days ago. Or, yeah. System. What I enjoy about this game, about all Castlevania games, is that you kind of have this this um, this sort of world I call the world. It's more of just Dracula's house, really. That you <laughs> you're just exploring. So, one question I have: there's this term I hear in video game podcasts. It's a Castlevania game. It's a Metroidvania <laughs> game. First off, explain what Castlevania is to me. Yeah, so Castlevania is basically... I mean, it's a, a platformer, um, but it's really simple. I mean, you're, you're basically going through these, these levels, um, and you're just exploring this, this kind of castle-like 
world. Um, each each room that you go into is actually a room of like, uh, for example, Dracula's house. So you have a laboratory uh, that has um, these sort of creatures that are in there that fit within the the room that they're in. And then you, you kind of go through now in the, in the first Castlevania games, you would go through a section and then there'd be like a level boss at the end. Uh, but in the newer ones, it's just kind of random when you come across the bosses. Sometimes they might be within a certain area of, of Dracula's home, but sometimes, you know, you just come across them in other places. Um, but the thing I like most about that is just it exploring. And then like, you have to kind of look at your map a lot and like, um, know where things are so that you can go back to it at a later point to, to get certain power-ups or things like so that. So your end goal is to fight off some big boss at the end of this house? or Dracula, usually. So <laughs> so you're always uh, fighting off Dracula. Kind of uh, most of the games um, continue on with a, a certain bloodline. Um, so the like the earlier ones was uh, Simon Belmont and, and his family and you're, you're playing through, you know, the the certain generations of, of his family and you're fighting off Dracula. Now the newer ones, uh, you play as Dracula's son and, and you're still fighting Dracula and things like that. So okay. they're, they're pretty fun. If you haven't played one, just pick it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're such, people are such insiders and saying, Oh, it's a Castlevania type game. Does that just mean it's a clone of a Castlevania? I guess it does mean that. And, Metroidvania, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, and then I think those two are are compared because Metroid has a has a very similar style. If you've played the original Metroid or even Super Metroid, um, the the level design is very similar. So so you have this huge map; everything is connected, and you're just going through from room to room. And so. you need a new item to advance a certain yeah. part of the map, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, Pokemon does that to a certain extent. With you need to learn the cut move to get to this part of the map, and yeah, so, and surf. Anyways, um, let's get to my, I guess, first game on the list of games here. I'm not sequential; these are just you know a, assortment of games I like. Um, the first one, let's kick it old school with uh, Rogue Squadron. So, when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I long lived, I dreamed of uh, playing and living out the Star Wars uh, universe. And I had glimpses of this with the TIE Fighter on my Windows 95 box. And uh, it wasn't until Rogue Squadron that I really felt, wow, they did it. They did it. They nailed what Star Wars is. Uh, and I can, you know, blow up the Death Star. Or I can. You know, going these missions, uh, all this backstory stuff on Tatooine. I can do those races, and and you can actually play as uh, a lot of different ships, and it's it holds up today. This is a, a, an N64 game that I can put on my projector, 150 inches, and it still looks beautiful today. GameCube version even better, but N64, it still looks gorgeous. It still really is a fun game to play, and. Uh, it's a sad thing, a sad state of affairs that Factor 5, the developers of this, have disbanded. The whole Rogue Squadron series is now dead, and uh, you know we probably won't see another one. And it's it's just so sad. There's this amazing you know trilogy. I'm not sure how good the third one was, but it's just it's just done. You know, no more good Star Wars games. Those ended after the GameCube, pretty much. It's it's a sad thing. So, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely on my list. Yeah. Uh, played that one. Many more times as a kid, trying to play it again, I notice I am not quite as good as I used to be. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember being that great at that game. However, when I played it as a kid, it was just like, I mean, it was so cool. Just being, I mean, you know, seeing all these ships, having control of the ships. Like, I just love flying around, shooting things. And, it's um, a blast. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, I spent 20 hours yeah. and I was actually, I was getting gold medals and platinum medals and stuff. And now I go back <laughs> to it. It's like, I that's, I could do that as a kid. I can't do that now. <laughs> of course, there's cheat codes that are available if you want to game the system, so to speak. And uh, there were a couple others. And then 64 Battle for Naboo was a fun one that I enjoyed. Uh, and yeah, and 64 and GameCube were Two great platforms if you were a Star Wars fan. They really were. So yeah. anyways, what, what's your uh, next next pick here? 
Um, I'm going to try to work kind of backwards, work up to my number one, because I kind of okay. did go in sequential. Um, I don't have this one with me. However, this game was really great. It was so strange and quirky. Um, it was for the N64. It's called uh, Space Station Silicon Valley. Um, now, okay. this game... I've never heard of this, and I'm an N64 <laughs> collector. So. Yeah, so so this game, um, I'm not sure about the rarity of it or, or how well it's it's known. Um, my friend had a copy of this, so he let me borrow it, and I played it. Um, I never actually beat it, but I did spend a lot of time playing this game. Uh, and basically, you are a robot, and you crash uh, your ship, and you kind of... Uh, you, like, fall apart. So... You're you're down to this little uh, like microchip, and that's what you control. And um, as a microchip, you can only travel a certain distance before uh, like you will die. So you have to uh, latch on to other creatures. So you jump onto a sheep, for example. And with the sheep, you know you can jump, you can jump higher or whatever. And then there's other other uh, uh, powers that these other creatures have that you would use to get to your parts. So you might have a part that's up high and then you have to get on the sheep and jump and go and go get your part and try to collect it so that way you can build yourself back up. And it was really, I mean, really simple kind of, uh, kind of game, but it was just really fun and, and funny. I mean, it was weird to, to just be this little microchip and, you know, taking control of animals. So I found on yeah. eBay about 15 bucks for buying that. <coughs> There's both a gray and a gold variant to it appear. Gray is more common. One strange thing about this game, talking to my friend about this earlier, he was uh, he was telling me he never finished the game because of he was just too lazy <laughs> because um, it require it had problems with the N sixty four expansion pack, so you couldn't play it with the expansion pack in. Um, oh, so wow. so he he didn't want to take it out and put in the other one and keep switching. See, I don't have the other one. Games. All I have uh, is the expansion pack. When you buy an N sixty four on eBay these days. Yeah, they give you the expansion pack. They don't give you the old crappy thing that no one needs. Yeah, so if you're gonna pick that up, you're gonna have to get the oh, the old boy. regular pack. Thanks so. for that uh, warning. <laughs> yeah. Um. So my let's get my other N64 ones. Uh, I guess out of the way with. Uh, on next on my list, that's uh, so first I had Rogue Squadron, and now I have a kind of duo of games. So for my favorite games of all time, Perfect Dark and GoldenEye. Now these games they don't hold up today. I, I don't. I think it'd probably be fun in a party atmosphere with your friends over, but as a single-player experience, fighting the AI and stuff like that, I'm not sure how well these hold up. I've tried to play them since. I get kind of dizzy with the controls and the graphics. Yeah. Like it gives, it gives me the Oculus Rift thing where I've heard the, the resolution's not good enough for what you're controlling and doing. <laughs> um, but anyways, these are my favorite games of all time list because as a kid... Uh, you, this was an experience you could not beat and could not match as a kid. I guess the current kids play the current Halo to get that experience. But this was a new experience. This was four players for the first time, all in their separate corners. You're looking at other players' screens to try to sneak up on them and, and shoot them. You would have on Perfect Dark the alien gun that you could heat-seek and shoot through walls and you just hide out and... Uh, the, the story modes just blew my mind with Joanna Dark and Perfect Dark, where you're, you had these alien uh, species coming down, and it, it felt like I was playing a movie, but in a good way, not in the bad way they do it now. Like it had all the right ingredients. You know, GoldenEye is familiar. You know, and I sunk hundreds of hours in these games if they had a play count, I'm sure. And both these games come from the Rare developer, uh, developer Rare. And one's rated M, that's Perfect Dark. The other one is Teen. I think there's blood in Perfect Dark. That's why there's the M. <laughs> but uh, both of those, uh, they're, they're childhood experiences that I'm glad I had. And, you know, you'll never get it back. It's kind of like playing Mario Party on N64 as a kid. Uh, it was a, a moment in time where that kind of game worked for me. And <laughs> these two games, uh, very unique for what they offered in my childhood. So um, you can try playing them today. I think they look like garbage, though. <laughs> um, I know John, um, who does our other podcast, still plays GoldenEye with uh, friends and they come over, and uh, I think I'd still enjoy local multiplayer experience with those. So, anyways, that's my next kind of bundle pick there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, multiplayer on that was just really awesome. Uh, I don't, yeah, I agree. I don't know if they hold up too well today, but for 
for their time. Super fun. So And the rumble yeah. when your gun was shaking. <laughs> yeah. It was so great. And the story on Perfect Dark was pretty amazing. I, I played through that campaign mode so many times. So I tried to start it up again. And I, I was getting uh, I was getting nauseous just trying to you know control it and not behaving how I would expect it to and I really wanted a second control stick during the game and it yeah was bizarre yeah because in in this one you have to use the C buttons yeah or in in those two so yeah that was kind of weird for the time it it just it made blew sense. my mind at the time you know four people yeah. on the screen and you just you know you yell ah I died and you know it was <laughs> yeah. it was so much fun though as a kid you know playing those so what's your next pick here so my next one is going to be super smash brothers melee uh for for the gamecube uh i don't have a copy of this either but i played this game so much uh mainly because of the local multiplayer so you know friends and i would get on smash brothers that you grew up with like your mainstay as a kid um i don't i mean i i played all of them i think this was the one I played the most. Okay, because uh, for me, N64 version was what I grew up on. I yeah. never owned a GameCube, and it's like N64, that game we sunk hours into. So kind of Melee was your Smash Brothers, kind of. Yeah, I, I did play um, the 64 version, but I mean, I, I probably played it maybe just as much, but it, it just feels like, you know, when I think of Smash Brothers, I think of this game. Um, because to me, okay. it just, I mean, it, it was perfect to me. Everything seemed right especially with the controller i mean you had the, the controller for controller. me though like <laughs> i think back whenever i play snatcher there it's like that right uh trigger on the n64 that was the grab and hold so i can you know suicide yeah. people or you know i uh, <laughs> it's like I, I miss that controller it seems like i'll always miss that for smash the n64 yeah. controller because i grew <laughs> up on it yeah uh this game was just i mean like I said, I liked it for for the uh, local multiplayer, but also because it looked really great. Uh, I think it still holds up today. I mean, if you were to see that game, uh, it would still look great. Um, also, I feel that it was the most fast-paced Smash Brothers game. Um, it was just super fast. I mean, there was always action going on, and I mean, it, like whenever there wasn't anything, when it started to slow down. Um, you, like you knew someone was just trying to run away because they were about to die. That was the only time it ever slowed down. Um, like the, <laughs> well, the character- thing about Smash Brothers that's so great is it's multiplayer, but you're on one big screen. There's no quartered yeah. off screens. You're just kind of running all over the screen as you get further parts zoomed out further. Like it's yeah. perfect implementation. Yeah, and my favorite part of, about this game is my friend and I that would play this a lot. Um, it like we were talking about this earlier this afternoon and. Uh, it seems like all the way up until this point, the play style that we had for these multiplayer kind of fighting games, there were two characters put into this game that just fit our style perfectly. So whenever we would play, we'd be on the team against whoever. I mean, like, we would take on all kinds of challenges and we would never lose because it was a perfect team, uh, which was Roy and Marth from uh, Fire Emblem. <laughs> and so my favorite thing about these characters is that my friend was really close up. You know, he just run in into the battle and... You know, he he would like these really powerful moves. So uh, the perfect character for him was Roy, because, I mean, that's what he was. If if you would hit with if, um, the hilt of the sword, it did more power, like the closer to the hilt. However, Marth was more like me, and he was more tactical and stand back, you know. And if you hit towards the tip of your sword, it would do more damage. So, I mean, we would just do our combos and kind of travel together with, with these characters and... Perfect. So that's cool. I never played as those characters because I it's <laughs> like who are these weirdos, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I've been playing melee and the Wii, the Wii version, and uh, you know, melee certainly does hold up today. And I've had fun going through the missions and stuff. It, it's uh, it feels impossible though to unlock every character because I don't I can't sink in five hundred hours into the game to <laughs> do that. Yeah, we we did it. So <laughs> I feel pretty <laughs> proud about that. Yeah, I know people sell like uh, memory card sticks on eBay for unlocking all the car uh, characters. That's the yeah. thing. Uh, next up on my list, uh, Pikmin Three. So this is a Wii U game, and this is my first in the series. Uh, there was Pikmin One and Two in uh, GameCube and the Wii, and to me, this this is on my list because it is a unique experience. It's 
So we have platformers, we have, you know, um, RPGs, we have, um, uh, you know, first-person shooters. We have all these uh, categories. This is, uh, I feel like, a new category all to itself. It's part management of resources, it's part um, exploration, and it, it does everything in such a cute and charming way. Uh, it's a beautiful-looking game. The comedy is fantastic, that little rubber ducky uh, motif throughout it. The little tiny characters, the sounds, the the music, it, it's infectious. And uh, I, it's just so much fun, you know, being ant-sized and exploring a world. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, I picked up one and two, and they're not as good in my mind. Um, the controls are just uh, solid and perfect on Pikmin 3. It is the perfection of what Pikmin can be. And uh, it's one of the best games I've played on the Wii U uh, to date. Um, a must must play um, and one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I haven't spent as much time on that game as I probably should. Uh, but it was still really fun. Um, yeah, it, it looks really great. And I do enjoy kind of seeing things from a different perspective, you know, playing like really low to the ground, a small character. Um, and it's really, great because really cool. you have these days. It's divided up into days. And... You can have a, whatever, 15, 20-minute experience, and it feels like you've been playing an hour, because it's just so compacted. The fun is compacted, where it feels like you've been playing an hour, and it's only been 15, 20 minutes, and that's part of the, the charm of, like, it's it's so fun and delightful and, and creative that it's, like, you don't need to spend, you know, 10 hours to get out of it what I get out of, uh, you know, other games. It's just so perfect that way. Yeah. What is what is your next uh, selection here? Uh, next up on my list is Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. So this so. is your is this your favorite of the uh, original four Mario's then? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, this game, I spent so much time on this game. Uh, I believe we talked about this in in a previous episode. Um, yeah, I would come home from school for so many years and just play this game. I know the ins and outs of this game uh, probably more than many other games I know. Probably more than any other game. Um, I unlocked all the levels on that. Um, and, yeah, I was pretty proud when that happened. Um, but, yeah, what I like about that game is is it's, like, fast-paced. You know, it's really colorful. Um, I, I like... Um, just the worlds were huge. I mean, for, for the time, just knowing, you know, there's like 15, 20 levels on each world or some of them, um, all these secrets that you can unlock. Um, and also like, uh, playing two player, even though you're not playing on the same screen, you're still trying to compete with the person, you know, trying to get through the level before they do. Uh, Mm -hmm. so that was also fun. I did, did break some controllers, though, <laughs> whenever I was a kid, arguing over who wanted to be Luigi, because we all wanted to be Luigi. You wanted to be Luigi. Wanted to be Luigi, yeah. You know they controlled so. the same back then. Yeah, but but he was green. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Was this the first Yoshi game, or was that in the three? This actually was the first first Yoshi game. I actually heard uh, recently that uh, Miyamoto, when he created Mario, he he always wanted to have have Yoshi um, in there somehow. Like he he knew from the start. However, he wasn't able to put him into the games because the system wasn't capable of it. Uh, then when they made the Super Nintendo, they told him, "Hey, you you know you can like we can finally add." Add Yoshi in there, so the, this game goes all out with Yoshi. I mean, you you get him in the first you level, can carry him level to level. <laughs> yeah, he's like a cheat code if you have yeah. Yoshi because he can't die really. Yeah, so That's Yoshi's cool. a big. Part I only of this played game. World when I went over to my friend's house that had the SNES. I never had one growing up, so when I went over to my friend's house, it's like, what the heck is this Super Mario World? Because <laughs> I'd only, you know, I've been, I was addicted to three growing up in the original, and it's you know. It's a weird world game. The graphics are all different. <laughs> it's got a unique little controller that I don't have, and it was. Uh, I, I've been playing it now as an adult with Virtual Console, and it's definitely a fun Mario game. Uh, I'd say three is probably my favorite from the original four, though. Yeah, yeah this one's kind of strange. They they have uh, a lot of new characters in it. It's kind of kind of weird. I mean, there's like the caterpillar that we all kind of know now was was first in in this game, and it was really strange. There's also these, these kind of mole 
Man things, uh, they're just really weird looking, and uh, yeah, those first appeared in this game, I believe. Um, so yeah, that's cool, Pretty fun game. Well, on the Mario track, let me just talk about my Mario game, Super Mario Galaxy Two. So this is the game that I first played getting my Wii U. I was looking at what's the best Wii game out there, and it was unanimous either Galaxy or Galaxy Two. Picked up Galaxy Two, followed by Galaxy One. So I did it backwards. And when I loaded this up, the music was just perfect, and then I started getting into the gameplay, and this is like one of the first games that I just literally started laughing out loud, because it was just so so delightful, and so fun, and so just, it was the essence of what, what I want a game to be. And at every new level, I thought, you know, they're not, it's going to be similar going level level, but every new level, it was like, oh my gosh, someone, someone at, in Japan thought of that weird, quirky thing that was just so crazy and fun and awesome, and it, it just kept on happening, level after level. Some, you know, some Japanese person thought about this awesome thing to put in the game, and it was just, it's just such a uh, depth, uh, in-depth game as far as the thought level that went into the level design. Uh, this game, Galaxy 2, it's just such a a intricate game that you you as you play it you feel the love that Nintendo had for you 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 feel the 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 intricacies that uh, someone went through I'm not sure if it's someone's job to say hey what quirky things should we add in this level or what uh, what crazy things should we do here so that is a pretty cool thing that this game made me realize why Nintendo is Nintendo and why they are different. Uh, this is my first entrance back into the gaming world after a decade of playing these silly iOS games. <laughs> so, I'm not sure if you played these or not. Uh. Yeah, I uh, played Galaxy 1. I never played Galaxy 2. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely really fun. Uh, I ent- Sorry, there's a lot of noise going on. It's all right. It's all right. No um, one's breaking into your house or anything, are they? No. So we have a lot of construction going on. I thought it was going to be a little bit quieter at night, so I apologize for all that. Sorry. Um, but yes, um, I played played Galaxy One. Uh, I did not play Galaxy Two, but uh, but I had that same experience like with Galaxy One. It was just always so fun. It was just like, I mean, it it seems like such a childish game, but when you play it, you know, you get into it and you just have so much fun. That I mean, yeah. It was... When a game can make you laugh because you're just so happy and you know having so much fun, they're doing something right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you haven't played two. You played one though. Yeah. Put two on your list to buy. It's yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. so good. I will uh, sometime. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your next game? So next one up, uh, Star Tropics. Now this game is also for the original Nintendo. I don't have it with me. I do have Star Tropics two. Going to show off there. Um, and Star Tropics was, is basically, it's kind of hard to explain what it is. It's just this adventure kind of game. Um, not quite an RPG, kind of an RPG. Uh, basically, you have a yo-yo as, as a weapon. Um, and Kind of like Ness, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of <laughs> like Ness. Um, okay. Basically, you are, uh, it's, it's kind of shot, or you view it kind of from like a Zelda view, uh, kind of, you know, above and kind of behind uh, the character. Um, and you just go through these worlds, um, and you're fighting all these enemies along the way. Um, and there's really nothing that special to the game. It was just kind of the nostalgia of, of playing it. Um, but I do hear a lot of people say it, it was always in their, you know, top 10 games for, for the system. So. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people clamoring for a remake of that or a rebirth of that series. Yeah. Um, so, Aaron, um, one thing I will ask is you have a mute button. When you're not talking, yes. flip that button so we don't hear all the banging <laughs> yeah. and hammering. Apologize. Um, okay. So, yeah, just something I mentioned there. Um, so let's get to um, my next pick here. And what do I... I'll pick Earthbound. Stick with the older games. Earthbound. This is a game I did not play until just this past summer. It came out on Virtual Console. I sucked my teeth into it. Got about 25 hours into it. Still haven't beat it. I'm getting close. I keep on getting distracted. And Pokemon and Earthbound don't really coexist in a world together. Um, two RPGs don't, don't really uh, do well together. So um, what makes Earthbound great? Uh, first off... 
it's just so weird. And, and that's in a good way. So you play his Ness and his three or four sidekicks. They all have, you know, bizarre names. This is basically Japanese people looking in on America and putting a crystal sugar coating on it as to what it could be and should be. And it's a weird, bizarre look. You take, um, you know, you have um, a weird hot tub thing that you go into that's pink. Uh, and all your worries melt away, and you regain all your health. You have you fight these weird, weird animals. Um, like you fight an ant, like a horde of ants. Uh, you know, instead of things you can just crush, these are you know menacing ants. You know, so it's a bizarre thing. You know, there's uh, you know space you know creatures involved, aliens where you're trying to save the world, and it's it's the the ultimate. I'm a kid. I want to go off adventuring and save the world kind of story. And uh, there were three of these games. Earthbound was the only one in the United States, I believe. You had Mother 1, Earthbound, and Mother 3. And it's uh, it's a fantastic series. The main character, Ness, has been in Smash Brothers since day one. And um, it's awesome. Have you played this one yet? played that one. Uh, I haven't actually finished it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy that game. Uh, I find though, I don't ever get too far in it. So, so I play it and then I start over and I don't really get too far, but, but yeah, from, from how much I've played, it's, it's fun. I enjoy it. I really want to finish it. Like it's (laughs) every time I load up, it's like, this is so fun. Why did I stop? But then I, I, you know, other things come up and it is just a a fun game and they do RPG ish things that, Still, a lot of people have been copied. Like when you when you go up to this creature that's going to die in one hit kills, they just run away or they instantly die. You know, so you don't even have to worry about fighting with them. So, and you know, um, the, as far as one of the things I, I noticed playing this was when you're inside a house, it'll go into kind of widescreen mode where it's you know zooming in on you to 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 kind of make it feel like it's moving when there's no motion really in place. I notice this happens in Pokemon games as well, so they kind of they do a lot of things right, and it's just such an awesome game that's now available for ten bucks on the Wii U. So it's great. Um, next up on my list is um, Secret of Mana. Uh, Secret of Mana was a game for the Super Nintendo. Uh, I have it on Virtual Console on the Wii side of my Wii U, uh, so you can pick it up there. I'm not sure if they did release it on on the Wii U, but it's also on iOS. So I haven't played it on there. But uh, yeah, this game, uh, I really enjoyed it for the multiplayer feature. And um, it is basically an RPG, and it was um, three players. So for the Super Nintendo, you can actually hook up three controllers for it. And uh, when you have three controllers, each person can control one of the characters and uh it was really fun because you had all these weapons and to i think i believe there was nine weapons and one of the things you try to do uh within the game was each person get uh to the highest skill with each of the weapons um so that way you'd have to trade out weapons with each other so that you weren't always playing with the same thing so that i mean that was a really really nice aspect also the uh fighting style in it was a little bit different um um some games you know you're like walking around and then it goes into like a fight scene and it kind of changes into a fight scene and it's kind of turn based um, so as far as it being an RPG uh by RPG is it similar to um, Pokemon kind of style, or is it you know uh, Earthboundy? Uh, is it Mario and Luigi Dream Team, where you're you can actually jump and you're jumping on top of an enemy? Um, how, how much RPG is it, or what style of RPG is it? The style is kind of hard to explain. So it it takes some from uh, Mario and Luigi Dream Team, uh, but also some from Pokemon, in that like you get you know. Uh, uh, you kind of level up, you know, like you get a certain amount of XP for for killing enemies. But the the weird part about it was that there was no kind of battle scene. You you just walk around and you might see like an enemy, and then you go up and you can pull out your weapon and start fighting right there. And then when you kill it, then you can put your weapon away and keep on going. And uh, and then so so you would, I mean, you could jump or, or not really jump. You could move around. Um, and one of the 
the cool things about it is you can charge your weapon. And as you gain levels with the weapon, the more you charge your weapon, it, it would do some different things. Um, or, or it would just do a stronger attack. So. That's very cool. So as a story, you're searching for food in the desert kind of thing? <laughs> no. no. Um, the story is there's a mana tree. And uh, the mana tree is dying, and um, there's there's all this evil coming into the world, and you are these chosen uh, kids that are are supposed to restore power or uh, restore balance to the world. Cool. Yeah, uh, I've got three games left on my list. So let's uh, start off with Animal Crossing. Uh, this is the new Leaf version, but for Animal Crossing, I'm going to say whatever the current Animal Crossing version is, that's the one that is the best because I, I feel like they're just getting better and better all the time. And uh, maybe I might put the stipulation that handheld is the ideal platform for it for when the 4DS comes out uh, or whatever they call it, you know, whatever the next Animal Crossing and handheld, that would be my, the, the best Animal Crossing. So I, I've talked about Animal Crossing before. It has quickly become one of my favorite series ever out there because of its staying power. I have, 210 hours booked into Animal Crossing New Leaf, and as it gets in the fall, it's 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 all out fall now. So as I'm playing this game, it's it, it's 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 prettier outside now than it is here in New Hampshire because all of, in the game there's at least trees on the leaves, and here they're all off the trees. It's just ugly outside. Uh, here it's, it's still beautiful. Uh, you have different things that happen like every day. Even as I play 210 hours, I had a my Carmen character, my my uh, Animal Crossing. Uh, girlfriend, so to speak, um, have me sign a petition or uh, go to another town to sign a petition to do a new uh, petition for late night snacks. So uh, that is the latest thing that I had to do uh, for for Carmen. And every, you know, it seems like every day there's some, some new thing for you to do. So I feel like you could do a thousand hours in this game and you'll still have stuff to do and what uh, makes this series great is it's your vacation every day of your life for, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And uh, you get to go on this virtual vacation. All the sounds are perfect. The characters and dialogue is just so delightful. It's the essence of Nintendo. And it's it's there in Animal Crossing. So, Animal Crossing New Leaf. I know you're playing this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm playing it not as much as I should, I know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I still enjoy the the entire series of, of this uh yeah, it's really fun. I I enjoy like the day to day, and like you never know what's going to happen when you go talk to these characters in your town. Yeah, you know? and- I would love a um, Animal Crossing RPG where it's basically Pokemon but with <laughs> Animal Crossing characters. I think that would be a hoot. Yeah, there's like hundreds of characters in these games. Yeah, yeah, there's just so much to do. Yeah, I don't think you could ever play this game to the full extent. I mean, you're like never going to run out of stuff to do. There's no, you could put a thousand hours into it. Yeah. Still, stuff to do. <laughs> yep. What's your next game on the so, list? So my next one is Link's Awakening uh, for the Game Boy. Uh, now this game... Mm. Uh, not I Link to the Past. Not, not Link to you the know. Past. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Why is this... Um, is this your favorite Zelda game, I might ask? This... Uh, no, it's not my favorite Zelda game. Uh, it is my second favorite Zelda game. So that um, means you have two Zelda games on your list. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. Um, but this one is really fun um, because it was very different. I mean, like when I look back on the entire Zelda series, this one stands out the most to me in terms of the story uh, because the the story was really different. It was a side story, um, so you're not really dealing with the traditional stuff that's in a Zelda game. Um, but basically, um, you're, you wake up, um, after you're shipwrecked and, and you're on this Island and, um, you find out the only way that you can leave the Island is to wake the wind fish. Um, and to wake the wind fish, you have to go collect, uh, eight different, um, things around the world. And then, uh, when you finally wake him, uh, then I mean, like you find out along the way, if if you wake him up, then it will destroy the um, uh, the whole the whole world. I mean, like the world that you're in. Um, so so you kind of have. I mean, you're just trying to find now, out now, about this question. Place. Yeah. Have you <laughs> waken him up just for fun before? 
Well, that's what you're leading up to. You don't really have a choice in these types of games. You can't really, you know, do certain things to change the story. So you have to wake them up so that you can leave. But the the story just kind of sticks with, you know, because it was very different. Um, I enjoyed it a lot because, you know, it's, it's 2D. Um, and, like, it's just really different kind of style, like the Game Boy style. Um, the the music in it was was really great. It was very limited for for what they could do at the time, but you know it was just really great music. So very cool. I have not played that Zelda game yet, and the handhelds <laughs> are lower on the priority of Zelda games to get through. Uh, Twilight Princess and Phantom Hourglass are both on vacations right now, as Pokemon has <laughs> taken over everything. Um, but uh, that 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 I will definitely be playing the DX version probably. Yeah. Full uh, amazing color as they added that to it. Yeah. So, any other remarks on Link's Awakening? Um, no. Well, besides, you know, I hear a lot of people always like when they think of Zelda, they always go to the the 3D ones. But I think you definitely check this one out. I mean, it's just so so different than any of the other ones in the series. That it's definitely worth trying. Cool. My next game. There's an entire series of games <laughs> accumulating in Pokemon X and Y. So, Pokemon X and Y came out, and I'm 100 hours into that game. Um, meanwhile, um, I'm liking this so much, I picked up Fire Red and Soul Silver, and I've had Black 2 for a while, not as far into that one. But uh, Soul Silver, I'm seven badges into it already, started playing it this weekend. <laughs> Fire Red, and four badges into it. Started playing this weekend as well, jumping back and forth between all three of them. And Pokemon as a series is one of my top favorite games of all time. Just like Animal Crossing, I feel that this one is, whatever the current one is, that's the um, kind of game they're playing. And I kind of also feel that this is just a game that's expanding with each new game. So they're just, you know, this globe, they're just like, sailing across the world and finding a new region of the world that hasn't been discovered yet. And each new game is, in fact, not like a a new game, but just the world's expanding and you can explore this new area of the world. So that's why I feel that Fire Red through X and Y, each of those hold up today probably. You'll still have fun with them. I'm having fun with Fire Red, the very first Pokemon game. And uh, it as a series is just... Uh, it's fun no matter what age. It's fun when you're, you know, six or seven years old. It's fun uh, when you're 26, 27, whatever your age. And um, what's fun about it is, um, first, I love catching them all. You know, when I when a new Pokemon comes on the screen, it's like, ooh, ooh new shiny thing. That looks cool. Um, and I want to catch them all. So I've caught in a lot of them. And uh, my Pokedex is now at, like, 385 in X and Y. <laughs> and... There's this, uh, also this, this, a lot of just intricacies to the game. This whole, you know, method of training, and you can do EV training. You can do certain evolutions only when they're happy, or it's night, or you're in uh, the forest, or by the ice rock. And there's, the intricacies are, are so in-depth that it, it, it brings it above what a child-like game would be. It brings it to a mature-ish game that anyone can enjoy. The... Creature designs are a lot of fun to, to just look at and just think about, you know, all these different designs that went into all these uh, Pokemon. And the fact that in X and Y, they had to go through all 700-plus Pokemon and do mo- new models for them. So, say you do trade up from Fire Red or Ruby, they're in there. So, in the bits of X and Y, there is every single Pokemon that is capable of being in this game. They don't lock you out from one generation to the next. It's um, This game is ready to go with all the Pokemon from, you know, whatever standpoint onwards. And another uh, fun thing about this is just the the whole, um, I guess, culture of Pokemon. Like, it, you know, <laughs> you have the, the TV show, you have uh, the trading cards, you have... It's, it's a whole other world. Like, this is a game that, you know, it's just, it feels like is so vast, and there's so much to learn. And you can go to Pokemon school and learn a bunch of stuff, because it's just such that of an in-depth game that 
you want to know more about it. So um, I feel I feel like this is a game that's just so rewarding and goes beyond what basic RPGs do. Um, that that just it makes it a lot of fun. So I guess that's enough on Pokemon for now. It's uh, <laughs> definitely in my top of games of all time. Yeah, uh, I think it's quickly making it to my list as well. Um, uh, I haven't played it as much, um, and I didn't really have a huge history in in the series, but uh, still, I'm really enjoying Pokemon X. So, very cool. What is your next game on the list? Uh, next one would be Final Fantasy 13. Um, now, I played it on um, Xbox for a little bit, uh, and then I uh, got it on PlayStation 3, and I played it on on there. Um, now, this game, there are a lot. I mean, there's a lot that I don't like it, but there's one redeeming part to it that that put it <laughs> like this high on my list. Now, Final Fantasy is an RPG, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's an RPG, uh, pretty tr- uh, traditional, you know, you you get into these, these fights, like, walking around, it's kind of random, you know. Um, but this game was very different in that it was uh, very linear. You, you didn't have, like, an open world that you could walk around in as, as the other uh, Final Fantasies had. Um, the the story really kind of limited you on where you could go, so you were always just moving forward with the story. Um, but the story was the redeeming part for it. So, so that made up for all the limitations that it had, uh, because it was so in depth and like, I really got into the story. I got into these characters and, you know, you, you like, you want to play and find out what's going to happen because story is so intense, you know, and it has all these different characters. I, um, I believe there was six of them, six characters, but then they also had, uh, more so like one of them had a kid you know the other ones had had family and things like that so you're you're learning more about them and you get kind of caught up in their stories um yeah it was, it was just really great story as far as rpg is it so when you come up to an opponent you have a selection of moves they can uh pull out and then you level up is that i mean is it a basic rpg or does it go beyond that because i've never played a final fantasy game all these years this one was very different so so with other final fantasy games you you get into a fight uh, you basically have a moves list you know you have magic those kind of traditional things you can heal uh you have certain items you can use very traditional in that sense you would uh you know you gain certain points and you level up um and you don't really get to choose where those points go they just go towards certain aspects for for each level um final fantasy 13 was very different and that you had paradigms so when you're 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 fighting you have three characters you can choose how you want to be set up so each person you would level up in in these uh kind of chains um so you could use your your um experience points to level up in certain fields so one might um you know, have like magic stuff. The other one might be a combat kind of base thing. So, so you will level them up in these certain things that you wanted. And then you would create paradigms to where each person would have a certain role. So one person would be the commando, you know, and then the other person would be, uh, um, I believe it's called a ravager or something like that. And, and they would uh, have like magic powers. And then, so, and then like one had a sentinel and they would give you, you know, like, uh, like defensive capabilities, uh, things like that. And, and, and you would use them and you could switch uh, within the battle. So you might have um, all three of you are using the same thing, you know, just really beat up on, on whoever you're fighting, but then you have to switch to like a medic mode so you can heal up. Um, so, so it was really interesting in that. And it was so fast paced battle. So, I mean, some of these battles could go on for 30 minutes, you know, and you're just like switching. <laughs> you have to, you have to think ahead, you know, about what you're gonna do. It was it was really. Do you ever fun. get strong enough where you just do one hit kills by the end of the game, or not really? Um, not really, because as you went forward, um, the the things you fought leveled up with you. So okay. yeah. So I'm realizing in Pokemon, I do so much grinding because I'm uh, not grinding, but trying to find new Pokemon. That by the time I get to gym fights and stuff like that. Uh, it wasn't as difficult as perhaps it normally would be, uh, except for the final Elite Four. I was having, I had to restart, you know, try and try again because I was just did not have anything that could beat those Steel Pokemon. And <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's kind of cool to see that it does 
the difficulty doesn't you know drop off at a certain point when you're so yeah. so high up. Yeah. So yeah, I only have one game left on my list. How many do you have? I have three more. Let's do your next two, and then I'll do my okay. last one. Uh, so my next one would be Kirby Superstar. Um, so this game for the Super Nintendo, okay. super fun. Oh, I see you laughing there. <laughs> I was trying to think what, you, what you, this is, because I think I might have it on my Wii U that I played like twice. Yeah, yeah, I have it on, on the Wii U right now. Uh, it's super fun. It has It's basically a, a bunch of short games, um, and these games are... They they draw upon a lot of other Nintendo games. That's what I really enjoy about them. Um, so, for example, you might see um, a character in it that looks very similar to to another um, Nintendo character. Also, the the maps on on some of these games um, are very Mario and Zelda esque in in the way they look. That you, you know they have the the Mario Castle. That's also very similar to to Hyrule and and where it's laid out on on the map. They have a kind of Death Mountain looking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that. Um, and also this game influenced Super Smash Brothers series in so many ways. Um, there's there's a lot a lot of different items that are in Super Smash Bros. that you can pick up that were in this game. Um, uh, is this makes game a, a platformer? Is it yeah. something different? What, what, what yeah, is it? So, so it's a platformer, and you play as Kirby, and he's this little pink uh, ball kind of that can yeah, can suck in air and fly. Uh, he can also suck in other other enemies and take their power. Or like, I gotta say this. I would love to be a Kirby. Like, you just... <laughs> You know, you're able to float around, you know, he's breathing air, breathing nutrients as you're doing this, and it seems like a happy little life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, also, there was a, a Link kind of character in, in this game. So if you suck in the guy that had the sword, take take his power, you get this little green hat on you, and, and you have a sword. <laughs> he doesn't get sad by the sword when he inhales it? Nope. Okay. Nope. So, okay. Yeah, that game is really fun. Is there anything um, he can't inhale and not, you know, pass out? Like, can he inhale poison I, and stuff? Or <laughs> is that in the game? Um, like, I don't know if there's anything out? that that can hurt him. I don't remember. Um, there are some things you can that you suck in that doesn't give you any power. So okay, yeah. So of all the Kirby games, why this one? Why not you know uh, the string yarn one? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't play that one, uh, but this one I enjoy just because it's uh, you know it's just really strange, kind of quirky, kind of feel to it. Um, it's really fast paced; you're just running through these levels super fast. Um, also, there's some elements of puzzle not not quite puzzle, but you you there are certain doors that would that take you to different parts in the level. Now, so depending on which door you go through, now is it a level 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 kind of thing like original mario or is there an overworld to explore uh how do you progress through the game well since they're all kind of mini games that it it changes so one does have uh, like an overworld other ones are just level to level okay uh, so cool. yeah it changes what's next on your list yeah, next is uh, Metroid Prime uh, for the GameCube so I have here my Metroid Prime trilogy um so this game, uh, I prefer this one uh, on the Wii because of the control. Great um, controls, yeah. Yeah. And it just feels natural. I mean, it feels like the way it always should have been. But, I mean, that game, when it first came out, I got this bundled with my GameCube. Um, and, I mean, this game was so fun. It really showed off the power of of the system. You know, the first person you had, had the visor when you walk through water or steam, you know, it would kind of run off the, off, uh, like the visor shield. Um, so this game I got stuck in, I got the trilogy. Yeah. I'm stuck somewhere. And, uh, it's also a scary world. So like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, kind of like zombie U. I'm scared to go back to it at times. Yeah. Sometimes it could get a little bit scary. Um, uh, but I mean, one of the things I really liked about this game is that there's so much story that you would that you don't get unless you take the time to actually read and find it. So you have a scanner thing, uh, and if you scan certain elements, you could find out the history of the location and and all kinds of stuff. So, 
Really enjoyed that. It feels almost like the alien world from the alien quadrilogy yeah. of movies. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in the history, like you're crash land on some planet. This isn't the alien planet. Some other planet in this weird world that weird things and scary things exist. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we if got you ever f- get, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. If you ever get unstuck, uh, the final boss is probably one of my favorite bosses. Um, so okay. it's really fun. And it is weird how – not, not weird, but it is kind of bizarre how you have all these powers to start off the game. Then when you crash land, you're stripped of all your powers, kind of <laughs> like Superman having to, you know, become human and, you know, face what it is to be human before, you know, getting your power yeah. back. Yeah. So uh, my number – this is the only one in the list that is of order to me. My number one game of all time is Wind Waker and uh, eight, we'll just call it HD because that's the one I played. Favorite game of all time. Um, the story is fantastic. It had twists and turns. It had like, oh my gosh, that actually happened in the story, and that's that person. And uh, it had the whole exploration with the the kick butt music. This boat that has a dragon that's talking to you. You had the the best uh, a- um, combat system. I've seen in any Zelda game where you're able to, you know, parry it with the A when you're about to get hit. In the music, it would actually uh, do musical hits. So if you do it sequentially, it would do that, 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 you know, it would do musical to, to the hits you do. So it, it's one of those things where every part of this game feels like it's so perfect and so finely tuned and just so delightful. This is the kind of game I want more Zelda games to be like. Um, the, the art style is so great. Uh, so yeah, Wind Waker is my favorite game of all time. Yeah, I'm glad you agree. That's also at the top of my list. Uh, oh, is yeah. it really? This yeah. is number one. <laughs> yeah, number one <laughs> game. Uh, so so of of all the, I mean, all the things you said is is really why I love that game. I mean, it it's is so different from the other 3D Zelda games so far. Yeah, um, I can't really think of anything that I don't like about this game. I mean, it's so hard to evict something I don't like. I, I think it's just for me the perfect game. I even like the second half because it forces you to explore this world and you know, let's savor that time of going coordinate to coordinate and. Uh, there's all these side quests that are can be a lot of fun, but they're not mandatory at all. And uh, yeah, it's it is the perfect game. No game will ever be better than this, <laughs> especially the HD yeah. remakes. They perfected all the loose ends of the originals. So. Yeah, <laughs> um, that swift sale is pretty amazing in in that game. Same time so. though, first time playthrough, I would not recommend using it until the second half of the game. It's, yeah, um, it is, I mean, I feel like I would feel like I missed out on something if yeah. I had the swift sale from the start. Yeah, I had already played the game, uh, the the first one, so I was pretty excited to get the swift sale. I just wanted to experience the whole game again, so I got the swift sale. But uh, and I what a magical not, moment when the I mean, trees uh, pull out their musical instruments and yes, so magical. <laughs> like there's so many just magical and like. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, awesome. that was actually one of my favorite parts of, of the whole game when when they pull out their, their little instruments and start playing this the song for you. Yeah. Yeah, and then and you can actually <laughs> see musical notes coming out. Like the art style makes so much so much of it that much awesomer. So yeah. I hope they return to that at some point yeah. in the future. I do too. So those are our favorite games of all time as of Sunday, October twenty seventh, two thousand thirteen. <laughs> This may change in January, and you know when we experience all new games. And um, but this is uh, a good list to start with if you're looking for new stuff to play. I don't think you can go wrong with any of these here. So, except perhaps Goldeneye and Perfect Dark because um, they were more on the list because they're so much fun as a kid. So, <laughs> um, Aaron, where can folks find you in the meantime? You can find me on uh, Twitter, YouTube, and Meverse at alrivera058, and also my uh, 3DS friend code will be in the show notes. Those are, the uh, friend codes are now in there. I started doing that now. <laughs> so, um, at least episode Hyrule Historia is in the audio version. Uh, it's about two weeks behind from video to audio. <laughs> so we do record this live on YouTube uh, every or Google Plus or slash YouTube every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern. YouTube.com slash T-C-H-A-T-E-N. Also, uh, Google Plus community now. So if you search Google Plus for Nintendo Club Podcast, you'll find 
our official podcast uh, community. You can ask questions to us, um, start new discussions, and uh, that's also where you can watch live and ask us questions during the show. Um, so check that out. My username, T-C-H-A-T-E-N, is good for Twitter and Instagram and Meverse. And um, would love to add more people on my friend codes for the 3DS. My friend Safari, I need to max it out 100. I'm only about 60, so I need to find all those Pokemon. So with with that said, thank you guys for watching or listening to today's show. And we'll be back uh, next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Ever think about becoming a podcaster? Thinking, wow, you know, that's probably way too hard. Well, we have a solution. The Stoplight Network is looking for brand new shows to join the network. Won't cost you a dime. In fact, you might actually make some money off of it. So if you've always wanted to podcast, and it seemed way too daunting, drop me a line. My name is Tim Robertson. I am the host of TechFan. I started the MyMac Podcasting at the dawn of podcasting, and I can help you get your podcast up and running. Simply send an email to Tim, that's T-I-M, at MyMac, M-Y-M-A-C, dot com. Tim at MyMac.com. Let's get your show ready for primetime. time.